back in the same place that he left, which is on the front row. Amen. Praise God. Just stay there, Brother John. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tonight and today is Pentecost Sunday. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Praise God. It's the Holy Ghost that unifies us and that anchors us together. I want to turn to Joel chapter number 2 and verse number 28. We'll be reading verse 28 and 29. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. 29, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. It's an Old Testament prophecy projecting forward to a day in which this will take place. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We ask that you would direct us tonight. We thank you for your word. Bring strength to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, babbling Babel, babbling Babel. Yes, it is pronounced Babel for all of you that for the for the entirety of your life has pronounced it Babel. It is actually Babel. I found this out when the president of Fuller Theological Seminary gave his keynote address, and I thought for sure he was mispronouncing this word the entire time. Uh, lo and behold, you can pronounce it Babel. If you want to continue to pronounce it Babel, that's fine, but for tonight's message, I'm going to preach on babbling Babel. Babbling Babel. Pentecost is one of the three major Jewish festivals called the Feast of Weeks. The name Pentecost is derived from the Greek word meaning 50. Pentecost occurs in the month of Sivan or May and June, 50 days, 50 days after the Passover or what we call Resurrection Sunday or what some call Easter, and it is a celebration of the end of the grain harvest. Today, today is the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Resurrection Sunday. I just want to insert right here, I'm thankful that I don't serve a dead God, but I serve a living God. Praise God. We would never get to Pentecost if there wasn't a resurrection. They put him in a tomb, and the expectation was that he would not come out of the tomb, that death, hell, and the grave would control him. But Jesus came out of the grave with the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and he is alive forevermore. Some may say, I don't believe that. Tonight, 
there has been evidence of the fact because I have felt the anointing of God, the presence of God, the hand of God. I felt the living God. We didn't come in here to celebrate and worship God and lift our hands and exalt a dead God. We wouldn't be here if we believed that or we thought that. We came tonight because we believe that we are serving a living God that is able to resurrect people and situations and difficulties and turn things around. Is that how you feel tonight? He is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords and he's conquered death, hell, and the grave and he's alive. Amen. So Resurrection Sunday and 50 days after that, we come across this major holiday. It is Pentecost today. Pentecost is the pouring out of God's spirit that corrects the speech of selfishness and pride. Confusion sets into humanity when humanity tries to circumvent God's judgment. And so there is a speech that is made up and comprised of selfishness and pride. There is a process that takes place of fragmentation when we desire that we want to make a name for ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, the house of God, I've not come here tonight to make a name for myself, but I've come to lift up the name that is above every name. When it's about me, I'm in trouble, but when it's about him, things happen and things change. I can't resurrect somebody out of the pit that they are in, but there's a God that can, and so I'm going to magnify him. I'm going to praise him. Him. I'm going to worship him. Hallelujah. What do you say we put our own selves behind and say, God, I want you to take me into the kingdom of God to be used for your purposes and not my own. So there was once a day that became a day of babbling Babel, it is found in Genesis chapter 11. And the story tells us that the earth was of one language and one speech. There was unity. Our world needs unity. Amen. We are not unified. We are in disunity. On this particular day, the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And as they were journeying... They found themselves in the plain and the land of Shinar, and they said to themselves, let's build a tower, the top, that will reach into heaven. In ancient days, that was called a ziggurat. And let us make a name, let us make a name, let us make a name. Right there is the selfish intention, lest we be scattered abroad from the face of the whole earth. This is obviously a direction in order to avoid any kind of judgment that occurred during the flood. How soon they forgot that it was the hand of God that brought that about. And instead, they want, wanted to, in abject rebellion against God, create a scenario, a system whereby they were in control of their destiny. 
Hallelujah. We are not in control. If you think you are in control, you are going to be sadly frustrated and distressed and anxious. You're going to be stressed completely out and depressed. You need to bring that control factor into the house of God and say, God, I'm putting it right here and I want you to be the driver that takes the wheel because I'm driving and I'm going the wrong direction, the wrong way, and the GPS has led me into the wrong territory. I want you to take the wheel. They tried to control things. They wanted to manage things. It became a selfish ambition on their part. It became something that was full of pride. They're building something in order to throw off the hand of God and the judgment of God. And so God confuses the languages. The scripture says that he's them abroad from the face of the earth and they are no longer able to speak because their languages have been confused. And so now once where there was unity, there is disunity. This comes about because of their own humanity, their own decisions. Babel and the intentions of Babel become the model of a rebellion. The Babel condition is what it could be called, which is a running away from God, trying to circumvent God, trying to get around God, trying to superimpose on top of God. I've come to the house of God to say, God, I want you right in the middle of where I am. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do an end around and over and under. I want you that is above all. I want you to be through all and I want you to be in all. I need your anointing and I need your presence and I need your ability, especially in the day that we live in today. If there ever was a day to get right with God, if there ever was a day to be on fire for God, you are living. If you're not going to live for God with everything you got today, you probably won't find a better day. Today is an opportunity to say, I'm going to be on fire for God. I'm going to be used of God. I'm not going to peddle in confusion and doubt and unbelief, but I'm going to work in faith. I'm going to work in confidence. I'm going to work in God's ability and God's healing. Is there any apostolics in the house of God tonight that feel what I'm saying? We live in the best of times and the worst of times. The world is getting worse and worse, but God's getting better and better. Babel became babbling Babel. Babel, the word Babel, means to confuse. To confuse. Babel is localized. It's a local geographical location. It's part of a greater territory called Babylonia. Babylonia. Babylon becomes a world superpower that subjugates in 587 B.C. The northern tribes of Israel are taken off by Syrian captivity in 722 B.C. The two southern tribes called Judah remain, but eventually they also became captives of Babylon. They were taken out of the promised land, captives in a foreign land. Babylon... Babel, Babylonia, Babylon became associated not only with a geographical location and a country and a world superpower, but it became for a world power in opposition to God. 
the empire where God's people live in exile. So it became figurative as well for Peter when he's writing in his epistle. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13. He says, the church that is in or is at Babylon. He's talking about a world power that subjugates the people of God that, that, that commands that they live in exile. Peter was writing to a church. He was talking about a first century church. And he was tagging their environment as the environment of Babylon. Babbling Babel is a confusing smorgasbord of instructions. Some say to do this, and some say to do that, and some say that this is correct, and some say this is not correct, and some say these are the facts, and others say these are the facts. It becomes a babbling Babel in which there is no unity. We can't unify because we're not on the same page. We're not on the same page relationally. We're not on the same page politically. It becomes a babbling Babel. Things don't get done when there's crosstalk. I'm talking over you. You're talking over me. A bunch of disunity, fragmentation, dysfunction, the ability not to be able to communicate to one another. This is the environment of babbling Babel. And it's also an example and illustration of the world that we live in right now. I get so distressed hearing about what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what the experts are saying. The experts aren't saying this. Wear a mask. Masks don't work. Do this. Don't do that. It gets so confusing that our world is feeling the throes of all of that. I want, to, I want you to know something. I don't want to be in a world. I don't want to spend my time and put all my efforts in a world that is in confusion, that is a babbling babel. This is why I came to the house of God tonight thankful that I could enter into the sanctuary and feel the anointing of God and feel a unity instead of disunity. A unity around what? Worshiping God. A unity around what? Feeling the anointing of God. Revelation 18, Bishop read this morning, talking about Babylon. Babylon, the great, has fallen, fallen. It's become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. <laughs> and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. The illustration and the definition of Babylon, babbling, Babel. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth. And John said, I heard a voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. <laughs> come out of her. My people, that you receive not her plagues, for her sins have reached into heaven. The kings of the earth involved themselves into the work of Babylon. 
The merchants of the earth wept and mourned over her. All the merchandise. Precious stones, gold and silver, pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, scarlet, wood, vessels of ivory, precious wood, brass, iron, marble, cinnamon, odors, ointments, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men. The merchants loved being a part of Babylon, but oh, how Babylon has fallen. A mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city of Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. Even the musicians, the craftsmen, were sorry to see the fall of Babylon. A light of a candle shall shine no more at all in Babylon. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, and by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and all that were slain upon the earth. This is the description of babbling Babel. It is a hopeless situation with a common language. It's a language that operates out of fear and operates out of fragmentation that operates in disunity and dysfunction that pits people against themselves so that they fear because everybody's not the same. Everybody doesn't speak the same culture. Everybody doesn't speak the same language. Everybody's not a part of the same culture. And when you have things that you are uncomfortable with, you become uncomfortable and it creates a feeling of fear and there is disunity there because everybody is not the same. This is babbling Babel. And yet Jesus made a promise. And his promise is found in John 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that you may abide with him forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. What was Jesus? Jesus saying, Jesus was saying, there's going to come a gift. There's going to come a comforter that's going to bring unity out of what is disunity. Humanity has tried to build something up and it's created fragmentation. But Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, is coming down. And when he's coming down, instead of disunity, he's going to bring unity by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is what the world needs a reversal of babbling Babel. What they need is an outpouring of the gift of the Holy Ghost. There needs to be a reversal from what was a unified disunity to a unity in power and anointing. Oh, I'm so thankful that I'm in the house of God that is comprised of the people of God and the people of God are people that have been born again of the water and of the Spirit. If you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, you are sitting upon the greatest treasure that you could ever come across. Money can't buy it. Status can't buy it. 
had a creek in, buy it. What buys it is the precious Lamb of God that pours out his blood for us. Come on, somebody. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? Oh, I'm thankful for the Spirit of God, the Comforter. Jesus went on to say, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Comforter, the Holy Ghost, is a promise that brings power to break an individual out of confusion and fear and bring them into a harmony and relationship with God and with other people. I want to be right with God and I want to be right with you because you're my brother and you're my sister. I can't make it without you. If you're not here, it makes me less of who I am because we are together in this thing called the church. I want to walk in harmony. I want to walk in the presence of God. I want to walk in the unity of God. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. This is what the Holy Ghost does. This is what the Comforter does. This is what the Spirit of Truth does. And this day is the day of Pentecost. This is what our world needs. I'm going to proclaim it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to testify about it. The world is looking for something. I've got what you need. What you need is the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24, I'm quickly coming to a conclusion here tonight. Musicians come. In chapter 24, verse 46, he said, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise. Everyone say promise. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on low. Power from on medium. Power from not quite high. No, he said power from on high. The same spirit, hallelujah, that manifested itself in the flesh and dwelt among us is going to be the earnest of your inheritance. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, that same power and that same spirit is on the inside of you. Praise God, it's power coming down instead of weakness trying to build up. It's glory reaching down from the cross, bringing peace. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus died for the promise that that he was fixing to give and that promise was going to change and reverse babbling Babel. Instead of disunity, he was going to create through the language a new language and a new tongue. And instead of us talking over each other and not understanding us, we would understand each other. No matter where you go in the world, you can go to Ethiopia, you can go to Peru, and when people 
people start lifting their voice and the Holy Ghost starts moving, we all start talking the same language. There is no confusion. The culture may be different, but it's the same God that is in us, that is working in us. It's the power of his spirit. Praise God as we stand together tonight on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, put it up there so we can all read it. Praise God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting verse 3 and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Jesus said, I'm going to change Babel into a universal language. It's going to be a heavenly language. It's going to be a language not of weakness, but a language of power. It's going to be a language of anointing and strength that gives you the ability to be a witness and testify about God's goodness. It builds up. It doesn't tear down. Hallelujah. It unifies. It doesn't disunify. It brings together in cohesiveness. It doesn't fragment. It produces in us the ability to be a mighty force of the kingdom of God using each one of us as men members in the body of Jesus Christ. We couldn't do it without the Holy Ghost. We would be speaking a weird language without the Holy Ghost. But in this place tonight, doesn't matter if you're from the Dominica, sis, and I was born in America, you're my sister, and we speak the same language because the anointing and power of God that is working within us. language of God, the Holy Ghost makes sense now. It makes much sense now. This is what we need. This is what we need. It's going to gather all people under one language again, but not an earthly language, a heavenly language. How many languages do you speak? Some folks speak a lot of languages. They put on the application. I speak multiple languages. I speak Mandarin, Chinese, um, I speak uh, Tagalog. I, I speak French, Spanish, uh, English. Uh, don't forget to put on the application. You think I'm, I'm playing with you. I'm serious. Don't pr forget to put on the application. I speak in the Holy Ghost. Okay, what is that? What? Somebody, somebody. 
Somebody be getting the application saying, my God, what in the world is the language of the Holy Ghost? The language of the Holy Ghost is the infilling of the Holy Ghost that is the Spirit of God on the inside in which someone talks in tongues. It's a language thing. Babel was a language thing. And so when God reverses the problems of Babel, he brings the Pentecostal experience through the tongue and through the language of the anointing of God. That makes sense now. I understand now why the Holy Ghost has to come not in bobbing your head, not in jumping up and down, not in doing the two-step, the skip, and the waltz, and anything else. It comes through your mouth, and you speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. This is Pentecost. Put that on the application. I've got the Holy Ghost. I speak a heavenly language. God's anointing is on the inside. Praise God. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall what? You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward, babbling, babel generation full of confusion, but receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't live in Babel. Live at Pentecost. There is no amount of attack or suppression or intimidation that can tear down what God has built. There is no amount of confusion that can wreak havoc on a tower that God has created. What we build collapses under our own weight and our own hypocrisy. But what God builds, there is nobody that can tear it up, tear it down, remove it, walk away with it. Hallelujah. It's a promise that is the everybody it's to everybody it's the power of the holy ghost 